She's an author, a speaker, um, and she is, of course, uh, Nikki Bush, a parenting and human potential expert who joins us every Saturday morning to talk all things developmental uh, and, of course, how you can make sure that you realize your child's full potential. Today, we're talking about the importance of face-to-face family time if you want to, you know, raise a connected family, uh, seemingly on the decline, all sorts of factors, I'm sure, contributing to that. But let's say good morning to Nikki Bush. Hi, Nikki. Trust you well. I'm great. Thank you so much, Rafiwe. So, Nikki, face-to-face time seems like a no-brainer, is incredibly important. But uh, so many things are conspiring against us to make this difficult to do or to distract us. Just give us a sense of the kind of pressures or tensions pulling at families at parents um, or perhaps even distractions as well pulling at families and parents and um, unfortunately ensuring that face-to-face family time uh, is on their decline mm. so there's lots of factors here if you aware and the first one of course is that all of us are on screens our children and ourselves so we're spending more time on our cell phones when we're with our children or on our laptops And then multitasking is a big enemy of face-to-face time where we're working on our computers or sending and receiving WhatsApps while playing with our children and helping them with homework while we talk. So we're side by side or our child is trailing behind us. You know, how often are are your children behind you when you're walking or, um, you know, they're they're not looking at you. So face-to-face time is very much about being present, but also looking at each other when we're connecting. And something my husband used to say often to me when my children were younger, mm-hmm. stop shouting through walls. <laughs> you know, you've got an instruction to your children or come on guys, get to the car, whatever it is. And you're in one room and they're in another. <laughs> and that is so typical of busy family life. And, um, of course, we are playing less time. We are, we, are, we are spending less time actually playing with our children because of the minute of the detail that has to happen every single day, which is really, I guess, why my Parenting on the Run workshops are so popular because it's really how to, re, how to be fully present um, in three minutes, in five minutes, in ten minutes, um, not mm. necessarily playing three hours of Monopoly on the floor with your children, which most people think, you know, when you say play with your children. Yes, That's yes, yes. kind of the image that comes up for people and they go, well, I really don't have time to do that. Sure, sure. No, absolutely. Another day, another day, another month. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've highlighted and outlined for us just, you know, so many reasons why uh, face-to-face time is on the decline. The importance of this, what, what are you conveying when you put down that device and look at your child or, yeah, well, put yeah. down the device and look at your child and, and talk to them directly with no yeah. nothing in between? So making eye contact is incredibly important because it means uh, that you take your child seriously enough to make time to focus on him and her. And that builds self-esteem and trust. And then it also conveys that nonverbal message of I want to be with you right now and you are important to me. Remember those three questions I talk about that children ask us non-verbally every day without even knowing they're asking us, do you see me? Do you hear me? 
am I important to you? When we take the time to have real face-to-face connection with our children, which includes sitting around a table and eating dinner together with no interruptions, we are actually answering those three questions with a yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, with younger children, they need to watch your mouth movements when you speak so that they're better able to copy how you say and form words. And then with um, the fact that our children are multi-sensory, if you want your children to really hear that you mean what you say, they are using both the visual and the auditory cues that you're giving them. So is what you are saying congruent with the expression on your face? Sure. This is how our children actually grow that emotional intelligence muscle, by taking in these cues from what they see and from what they hear. And then when it comes to communication, we have to be good role models of being a good listener. And we do this by paying attention and not always doing two things at once. And I know that as busy parents, we will often do more than one thing at the same time. But what we're talking about here is creating pockets of time where we actually are fully in, absolutely fully in. And when you talk about discipline, this is an interesting one with congruence. So when there's a discipline issue, a child is gonna take you much more seriously if you make eye contact while using a firm voice. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those are some of the reasons why it's important to make eye contact with your children, to mm-hmm. have face-to-face time. And I think for our family, what was really um, kind of a key pivotal moment in every day was that we committed to having dinner together at the table. And there were no devices. Yeah. And it was a moment in the day where everybody just knew we were coming together face to face. Even if uh, my husband, say, had to work late, he would come home, have dinner, and then go back to the office. And there were many times when I was speaking at night. In fact, I was chatting to my, my, my kids this week. When they were younger, when I was doing a lot of work in school, those were all nighttime talks. I missed dinner on a regular basis. Um, But that doesn't mean you can't have Sunday lunch together, for example, where once again you commit to being around a table or sitting on a picnic blanket or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a dining room table, kitchen table, but you are looking at each other. So it's about establishing those non-negotiables that say this is my time for you, uh, this is our time together. But you also, Nikki, you've also spoken about um, building a face-to-face time family audit (laughs) or using a face-to-face time family audit. Um, And you do, uh, you know, you do have a bit of a questionnaire as well. But how is this audit done? Okay, so it's a questionnaire. And if our listeners want to get hold of it, just go to my Parenting Matters Facebook page. There's a link there right now for you to get hold of it. And it's really about looking yourself in the eye and asking yourself these questions. So the first one says, for example, how many times a week do you eat dinner together? How many times a week do you eat dinner together in front of the TV? Because there's a big distinction between eating dinner around a table 
with no distractions and eating dinner together. Now, the Seattle Children's Research Institute did a study of, of parents and, how, and their children and how many words they speak to each other in an hour. Mm. Now, in a situation where there were no screens around, no distractions of a screen, we speak around 941 words an hour to our children if they're in the same room as us. Sure. The minute a television is on in the room, even if nobody's watching it, just background noise, our word count drops to around 171 words per hour. Wait, the initial statistic of uh, the number of words we speak without a device or without a TV on? 941 words an hour versus 171 words an hour. Just with a device on in the background. Nobody's sitting watching the television. And that should really be a warning bell that, you know, if you are sitting trying to have a conversation with your child, but your laptop is open in front of you, mm-hmm. they know that you're not serious. They know you're multitasking. They know you're not emotionally fully present and all in in this moment. And they won't take you seriously. And so when they don't do what you're telling them to do don't be surprised (laughs) interesting yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely interesting and uh you know i guess in many ways you're distracted uh nikki but they're also distracted themselves if the tv's if the tv's on right so it's, it's not just a matter of being taken seriously it really is a matter of just not being impactful in that moment if you are indeed trying to have an important conversation with them at that time I think there's a a phrase that we should look at here, and it's partial attention. We are paying partial attention when there's that device on in front of us or a TV on in the background. And so the audit continues and it says, is the TV on in the background when you're eating around the table? Because for some families, that's a default setting. They don't even think about it. It's like when you're sitting in a doctor's waiting room or in a restaurant when there's a TV on. I cannot stand eating in a restaurant when I'm trying to have quality time with my family if there's a television on with a soccer game or a cricket match on. Sure. Because people are not fully focused then on each other because there's that constant distraction. And then you need to ask yourself questions like, you know, how many family hours do you spend doing other on-screen time activities together? Like maybe your, your child is gaming. Do you ever spend time gaming with your child? Do you spend time together watching a TV program as a family? Now, we used to do that. If you think back to our childhoods, when there wasn't the, um, you know, all all, all the um, online satellite TV channels, etc. Well, yeah, Um, quite frankly, when there were no options. (laughs) When there was one screen in the house, one TV. (laughs) Where you could only watch television on a television, the whole family might watch one family sitcom, for example, together. And then you would have that in common and could continue talking about that program together. But it was also together in this time, like reading a bedtime story together. Uh, Whereas now you can have four people in a family each watching a different program on a different screen, on a different device. It's a very different thing. And then what kind of activities do you actually do together at home? Do you do the chores together? Um, Are you in the car together? I had years when I was in the car with my children together because 
I was doing the driving and we had a lift club with other mums mm. and so we often spent time together and we played a lot of word games in the car and it was fun time. And then we got to a time when I just couldn't spend two hours doing a round trip every day of the morning run and my kids started taking a bus to school. And so that had certain benefits for me, but it also took away family time as well. Sure. So there's always a trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. Nikki, any sense of the amount uh, of actual face-to-face time that uh, children in general enjoy? Uh, because if it's on the decline at home, then no doubt it's on the decline socially because, yes, you might be with your friends, but uh, how many of us constantly, I mean, we're all, we're all always on the phone, whether you're in a restaurant eating mm. with uh, your friends, your partners, someone's always scrolling, someone's always taking pictures, someone is always checking out someone's, some, you know, other people's <laughs> Instagram profiles. But we've all seen, you know, groups of teenagers or, or kids at the mall just standing around staring at their phones or playing music or you know so there's there's always something um getting in the way of um, face-to-face time so i wonder the sort of knock-on effect when we normalize um when you normalize uh, devices interfering with face-to-face time at home how how much it you know obviously spills over into their social interactions and their friendships and uh, other relationships Yes, so of course it has become the default setting, but it is interesting that, um, I'll tell you, my son went away recently for a 21st, Mm. and he said all devices were put away. Mm. And he said it was fantastic. Did they cope? Oh, (laughs) it was fantastic, yeah. Yes, and a 16-year-old girl um, had a party recently, and she had a box at the door, and she said everyone can please put their devices in the box, Mm. because I want to socialize with my friends. And it's really interesting when kids actually work this out um, for themselves. It becomes a very powerful motivator. And it's about intention or attention, you know. And I think it does start first with the values in your home. And, um, you know, if you choose to regularly eat meals around the table with no devices, you know, that's where your children discover what it feels like. If you go to the bush where there is no signal, it gives your children an experience of being in a world where connection is about face-to-face and not about devices. So if they don't understand the difference between face-to-face connection and the, you know, connection on the device, you know, they've got nothing to measure it against. So providing contrast is quite an important thing in family life. And then, of course, arranging playdates for your children. And if you have playdates for your children, yes, they might play PlayStation or Wii for an hour or two, but then you need to put boundaries in place that they're going outside, they're riding their bikes, they're climbing the trees, they're doing whatever else it is uh, that children need to be doing to balance out that time on a screen. And here's a tip, which is quite an important one when it comes to connection with children. Mm -hmm. And adults often make this mistake. It's a simple one to make. So I'll never forget um, when my son was three, my eldest, and he was quite shy, but he was also a good communicator. And my very, very dear friend, whose child was in the same preschool class, who was a ballet teacher, said to me one day, I find it really difficult to communicate with Ryan. And I said to her, that's because you're always standing up. And he's only three. She was being the ballet teacher. I said, you always stand up and you look down at him. Why don't you get down on your haunches and 
make it at eye level with him. And she did. And that built her relationship with him. Because when you get down to eye level, you can make a solid connection of trust. Um, When you're in that standing position, it's very authoritative. And sometimes it takes away from building a connection. So just... I'm I'm just giving some hints and tips today to help people to maximize the face-to-face time that they do have with their children. I know it's not going to be three hours at a time. It might be two minutes making eye contact at the same level with a young child, be, be it your child or somebody else's child or your grandchild, and it might improve the quality of that connection immensely if you get down on their level or if you switch off your device, put your phone away, just make an effort to improve the quality of the time. And then maybe you might also make the effort to have a little bit more time with your children face-to-face. No doubt, uh, face-to-face time changes over the years, depending on what stage you, uh, your child is at. Um, and you just need to be nimble when it comes to what or how they want <laughs> that face-to-face time to look like. Absolutely. And for a teenager, it might be, taking them shopping for clothes. And that could be your quality time with them of being together and then going for a a milkshake afterwards. And while you're having the milkshake for those 15 minutes, try not to be on your devices. All right, fantastic stuff. Nikki, remind us again where uh, where parents can find that face-to-face time family audit questionnaire. Sure. It's on Facebook, and the parenting group is called Parenting Matters, and I'd love to pick up with all of you there. All right, fantastic stuff. Nikki Bush, of course, is our parenting and human potential expert um, and uh, always bring us some lovely tips on how to try as much as possible to um, maximize our child's uh, potential and uh, make sure that they realize it. Always a pleasure, Nikki. Thank you so much. And you can find that questionnaire on her Parenting Matters uh, Facebook group. Just looking at uh, WhatsApp that came through a few seconds ago, says, reads like this, as somebody who works in retail, there is nothing more annoying than serving a customer that's on their phone. Can I tell you what's more annoying than you serving a customer that's on their phone? Being the customer next in line, whilst the customer on her phone being served is busy dawdling. And you just wish this lady would get off the phone and utilize both hands. Can you tell this is a fresh experience? (laughs) Hasn't yesterday (laughs) for me. (laughs) Just get off your phone and utilize both hands to dig in that big handbag of yours and get the darn loyalty card out (laughs) why is this happening to us (laughs) and why are you torturing us (laughs) distracted talking trying to tell the teller i need a plastic bag but you're busy talking to sarah on the line there and uh, talking about (laughs) guys these phones are going to be the death of us really 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 um yeah and it's easy to be that person right it really is easy to be that person someone calls you to address a certain matter and you pick up but i mean the truth is we've all been there we've all we've all been on the phone whilst this poor sales rep or or teller is trying to communicate with us and at some point you realize you know what this is actually just rude (laughs) I do need to get off the phone so I can just have a clear, legible communication with this poor person um, and not frustrate them as they try to do their jobs because they are just trying to do their jobs, right? And they deserve the respect of, you know, our attention and we can hear them, answer them and just 
be clear, make this transaction efficient, fast, and keep it moving and not irritate the other customers in the line behind us. Sure. Cell phones, attention, partial attention. Um, are you that person that is, do you, I mean, maybe this, maybe there's, maybe you haven't even actually thought about the impact of your cell phone use when, you know, you're out shopping um, and how annoying or just problematic it can be for the poor teller. Um, but, you know, share your stories with us, 072-702-1702. Of course, if you work in retail, uh, no doubt you've heard, uh, you've experienced plenty of things around cell phone usage interfering with your customer service. Um, or you can call us, 011-883-0702. Are you that guy busy on the phone whilst the teller is trying to ask you, plastic bag, how many? <laughs> how many? But you're not listening.